Shalom Ubracha, friends. Okay, jumping back into our study of the footnotes and the story of our lives. After describing the contrasting elements of the six sons and the princess, of course, the six sons being related to the six days of the week, externality, accomplishment, achievement, success, related to adulthood, and more this worldly ambition, and the princess being the internal spark of Shabbos Kodesh, the feeling, the soulfulness, the vitality, the connection, the why, the unifying premise for the very ambitions that we try to pursue. Why are we doing those things, right? And ultimately channeling down the, uh, the ultimate mission for which we're placed in this world. So after talking about those two elements and the necessity to put them together so that the six days of the week can become Shabbistic, bursting with that feeling of with that feeling of of spirit and vitality and connection, so we write over here that we're going to be talking specifically about this um, expression of unity between these two elements in Avodas Hashem Dafka. Right, even though they show up throughout a person's life, there are six sons in marriage, and there is the princess in marriage. There's the six sons at work and there's the princess at work right and being able to put those two things together all the time but over here in this safer specifically we focus on trying to bring the princess back into our vodas Hashem back into the more external expressions of our commitment to a halachic life and mitzvah observance and and so on and so forth and so we write over here on page 48 in chapter 2 as a Hasidic master whose sole objective was to enable his followers to maximize their spiritual potential, it is this particular expression of the princess in a Jew's life that most concerns Rabbi Nachman, right? So when, when Rabbi Nachman refers to these two contrasting elements, he's specifically speaking about the necessity to try to reclaim the flame of the princess within the context of, of our Avodah Hashem Dafka. And we write in a footnote 27 that because spiritual growth sits at the core of the Jews being, success in recovering the lost princess of one's Avodah Hashem has ripple effects across the entire spectrum of one's personality, animating one's marriage and ambitions and rejuvenating one's passion for life in general. So it will spill over, but the core needs to be Mamash about the essence of, of why we are in this world in the first place, right? Which is ultimately to be on a mission to reveal HaKadosh Baruch Hu's light by revealing the neshama, starting to live more neshama oriented and to reveal the princess in everything that we do. And so in footnote 26, which is a comment on the the words as a Hasidic master whose sole objective was to enable his followers to maximize their spiritual potential, meaning that Rabbi Nachman's whole thing was to speak about Avodah Hashem in, in footnote chapters uh, in footnote twenty six. We write Si Chaim around three seventy and Si Chasran one twenty four. So let's take a look at Si Chasran Kuf Chaf Dalid, and we're going to read this a little bit more quickly because it's a little bit lengthy. And Rabbi Nassim writes, Rabbi Nachman had said that he can't say words of Musr. And the Rebbe explained because he wouldn't be able to get a word out because words of Musr, words of overt direction and, and chastisement would have been, in his, in his words in Yiddish, is by mere farvash and is completely and entirely uh, saturated 
with, with, um, with, with tears, and he wouldn't be able to get a word out of his mouth. So Rav Nassim says, first, when they heard him say that, it was a little bit surprising. Says Rav Nassim, the way that we perceived it, every word that came out, came out of his mouth was Musr. Fire, fire Musr, right? Mamish, directed to the deepest part of the Neshamach. What he means is, is that he didn't speak in the way of those who went around from place to place, giving people sharp criticism and musr and chastising them. That wasn't his way. Every guidance, every piece of advice, every level that he spoke about, every ideal, all of that, it was really all directed to trying to enable us to live lives of Avodah Hashem in a way of feeling and connection and guidance. Ultimately, it could have come across as, okay, here's a piece of advice, but ultimately when we would consider that advice in relation to where we're holding, that was the deepest Musr in the world. Everything he said was Musr. Everything he said was about Avodah Hashem. V'chaldra Dvarav says Rabbi Nassim in every word that came out of the Rebbe's mouth was a burning fire, a torch. Every word that came out of his mouth would enter into the hearts of the listener like a, like a burning torch. Says it's impossible to describe, not in writing, not in the spoken word, what it was to be able to hear those words leaving his holy mouth. Every word that he spoke about, whether he was speaking about seemingly mundane matters, politics, current events, as he used to speak about often, certainly when he would speak about overt matters of spirituality, certainly, certainly when he was revealing his Exalted, exalted Torah lessons, how you call Dibur Vidibur Meir, Umazir Mislaev, Keesh, Loyheit, Rishbe, Rishbe shall have us. Every word of his would emerge flickering, dancing, jumping, sparking, torching, full of full of fire. Fire that was able to go ahead and ignite the hearts of the listener. And so this was Rabbi Nachman's whole entire Indian. Everything he said was Musr. Even those things that were Sichas Chulin. Even those things that didn't seem to be related to our Avodah Hashem, the Avodah Hashem of his followers, all the way until the end of time, which we should be Zoha, hopefully, to be counted among. Even those words were completely and entirely aflame focused on helping Am Yisrael, each individual and Am Yisrael collectively, to reclaim the princess. This was Rabbi Nachman's whole thing. Rabbi Nachman, in a different place in Chaim Aran, bemoans the fact that only two generations after the Baal Shem Tov had left the world, after the Baal Shem Tov had founded Hasidus, very, very quickly, the establishment of the Tzaddik, of the Rebbe, this concept had become basically a place to go for business advice, a place to go simply to ask for good health, and that one should have nachas from their children, that their children should be healthy, and that they should have parnasatova. And when standing at a at a at a uh, at a crossroads, or at a or at a fork fork in the road in one's uh, own financial life and 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 you know different business opportunities, to go and consult the tzaddik and ask him, what do you think I should do? Olam has of things which are super important, as we learned about. 
the, uh, the, the, the horse and the servant and the money for expenses, all of these things are necessary, not to be taken lightly. We need to daven for these things. But Rabbi Nachman felt that the ultimate, ultimate purpose of a tzaddik was dafka eitzos and avodas Hashem. When his followers would come to him, they didn't speak about any of these matters at all. It wasn't an Indian of asking Rabbi Nachman for a bracha and parnasa. It was, Rabbi, please help me fulfill my mission in this world. Please help me serve God in the way that, that, that He intended for me to serve Him. Please help me realize how I can turn my life entire life with all of those other elements that'll go to other Rebbe's to ask maybe, you know, to turn all of that into a chariot for the Divine Presence. And that was Rabbi Nachman's whole focus. His whole, whole mission was simply to help us serve HaKadosh Baruch in the deepest, in the deepest way. Okay, Ashrenu Mamish, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Looking forward to continuing the journey with all of you. Thank you so much for listening.